leadership, and accountability. They go together hand in hand. When someone leads, they show responsibility for the things that they do while they're leading. It's common practice for leaders. But in this podcast, we will be talking about leaders taking responsibility for their decision and what that looks like. About when leaders are rejected from the group that they're leading and about plausible deniability in leadership and if that should even exist. I am your host, Chavis Taylor, joined by my co-host, Nick Hicks. And this is our podcast on accountability in leadership. To start our first point on leaders taking responsibility, we will be playing some interview questions. Our first two interview questions will be with me and my dad, and our second two interview questions will be with Nick and his dad. What are important qualities that you believe a leader should have? Decent moral character, um, truthfulness, um, uh, thoughtful, pragmatic, intelligent, well-spoken, and a little tenacious. But, you know, and, and having some you know, a human is too. What does taking responsibility mean to you? Take responsibility. Well, it means you own everything that you do. Um, and you own the things that you say you're going to do. Um, and you uh, take those... Well, it's it's about action, you know. You, uh, your action towards, uh, you know, showing that you are responsible for, you know, either your work or your family. Uh, that you, uh, I mean, basically, that you own it. believe that leaders should take responsibility for their actions and decisions and why yes I do I do think that leaders should take responsibility for their actions and be held accountable for them uh, the reason is is because the, the point in having leadership is to to be able to be out in front and to guide people or an organization in, in a way that that meets some up some objectives 
And in order to achieve those objectives, decisions have to be made. Mm-hmm. And if the right decisions are made, then the leader gets credit for those decisions. If the wrong decisions are made, then the leader has to take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how should a leader take responsibility for their decisions? How do you think that should go about? I think that uh, they should a leader should be honest and transparent. In other words, if there is a mistake that has been made, then the leader should acknowledge that the mistake has been made. Uh, take responsibility responsibility for whatever happened as a result of that that uh, decision and come up with a plan for how the issue is going to be resolved and then on top of that figure out a way to prevent that type of problem from happening again. Leaders can show responsibility in about three ways. Um, By showing that it's a group effort, by not having everything so focused on them, and to actually depend on, you know, their subordinates, and not just placing a whole lot of blame on other people, because it truly doesn't matter, because as the leader, it's your job to, okay, this person may not have done this part, but you have to take a certain amount of responsibility of like, well, you didn't make sure they did this part or you you could have ended up working on it. By not placing a whole lot of blame on other people such as your subordinates or by taking it and weighing it heavily on you that it was your fault, you can show that as a leader, it was a group responsibility to get this done and that you guys didn't do it, but you can take the, you can show the initiative that we're going to correct this wrong instead of just focusing on whose fault it was. Um, a big part of responsibility is ownership. And it's a really a key part in understanding how responsibility works, for instance. It's like when when you're a leader, even the highest leaders might feel a lot of times like tempted or wanting to kind of wash their hands of mistakes or erase their mistakes off their resume because it's just, it's just our human nature. It's just how we feel when we're leading. When we lead, we want to do the best job possible and to do that, we always want to clean up any mistakes and make little mistakes as possible. However, though, when you do that, it oftentimes really does rub off on some of the people you're leading under because sometimes those people you're leading under take the fall. And when they sometimes will take a fall for something that they had, they didn't even really do for being honest so I think that's important to understand that sometimes a leader might want to 
kind of correct himself, but in a lot of positions, he would really, he or she would really be better off not doing so, especially if the mistake is not as big as they really think it is. Been not doing so because this way none of the people you're leading or under you following you get hurt that way because it reduces the risk of someone taking the fall or the blame for a small mistake in that person's career where that person ends up getting negatively affected by that. Yeah, because there are examples of people in leadership and one of their subordinates starts doing something good that they see some promise in and then they take this and claim it as their own per se and then the moment the project goes wrong they immediately throw the blame back on the person who started it when they've taken this project and then made it theirs and they're not allowing this person to work on it anymore but it still falls back onto the person who started it when it was no longer theirs so placing blame ends up a big part of why leaders it's it's a big fault that leaders have is how they place blame because regardless of who is the person that's truly in charge of the truly in charge of the the plan i guess as like a leader of a company it's your job to say hey we messed up we did something wrong as the company i'm taking responsibility for this thing and to take that and try and just throw that onto one of your subordinates like sure they can get fired and whatever because you could say that it was their fault but to the public it doesn't have to be that this one person messed up and it wasn't like the and it's not to make it seem more so like it is the problem of the company like it is the fault of the collective instead of just the fault of the individual So after we talked about what it really meant to be a leader and what ownership really understands and the way we understand that, what it means, I really want to talk about what it means personally for someone to not accept a leader, like what it means for someone personally, on a personal, more personal level of how that person views that leader and what kind of traits make up a person, make up a leader who people tend to not to lean towards and so i personally think that when someone doesn't accept a leader that that person is personally feeling in a space where they can't really get behind that person when you don't accept a leader it's when you can't when you personally cannot accept their leadership you can't really get behind the ideas that they're they're communicating you can't get behind their actions you can't get behind their way of doing things it's just a whole broad spectrum about it i think some traits that leaders have that and that are often get unaccepted is being being coward cowardish because I feel like when you feel when people see that a leader isn't confident, they always tend to back off of that person. Um, when that leader 
only conforms to what certain people say, that's when other people start to lose faith in that leader and start to not really accept their leadership anymore because they probably feel like since that person's listening to all these other people, they probably feel as if that leader is easily manipulated and that can spiral through a whole stigma of distrust and I think a lot of times when even if even if it might not be the case when leaders often talk to other leaders that have done wrong to a group of people in the past and try to become friends with them a lot of people may see that as sort of selling out in a way because they would probably feel like this person has been harming us for years and years and years and you want to now become friends with them that's wrong so I think there are a lot of different reasons as to why someone personally wouldn't accept a leader but I think there are also a lot of traits that a leader could have for people to be turned off by him or her Before we get into our next part of why leaders may not be accepted and what should happen when a leader isn't accepted by the people they're trying to lead, here's another interview with my dad talking about the subject. What should leaders do when the people they're trying to lead are not willing to accept their leadership? <laughs> it's kind of difficult. Because you're going to always find somebody that's not going to buy into your idea. Um, like, uh, you know, playing ball. When you play ball, it's the coach's job to bring the team together and to have them buy into what, he's, what his plan is for the offense or the defense. Um, and that's whether it be basketball, football, or any sport. Um, and you pretty much... You, you're going to implement it because that's your job to lead the team in that manner. Um, but you're always going to find people that don't see it your way. Uh, and, uh, you know, as it happens, you, you, you may get everybody, and it only happens that everybody comes on board until they see their success. You know, the success brings everybody to your, to your way of thinking. Uh, but, you know, for those people that can't see uh, what you have, uh, you know, what your vision is or what the goal is or the common goal for everybody is, then, uh, you know, they're really, you have to, uh, there's no place for them. How should individuals be handled when they don't see eye to eye with the leader or when they let their own personal goals get in the way of what the leader believes the group goal should be. Well, when your, you know, when your own personal views or your, uh, or your ideals don't match up with that of the leadership or the rest of the team, um, it tends to push you out. It tends to isolate you. Now, as a, you know, as a leader, the leader should, uh, the goal should be to have everybody. Uh, come together as a team and not 
you don't want to have anybody necessarily be isolated. You take any uh, a survival type of scenario, you want everybody to um, basically uh, see the same goal and see things in the same way. And there's always a different route, um, but you should be willing to incorporate those things as you can into into the goal or to whatever your your plan is but uh if they absolutely can't um you still don't want you don't want to just uh uh eliminate them i mean other than you know in a business sense you know that's somebody you can't feel like you can't uh bring to bring to the table and or bring your ideas in then basically you do have to uh, you know there is still no place for that, you know, at least not with you or with your team or with your company. Um, it's, 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 I think it's, it's, it's more, it's, it's a little nuanced, it's, it's complicated. Do you think that in certain situations it is better for a group to not have a leader? It's kind of hard to say. It just depends on how the group worked, you know. Uh, and but you have to look at it as a group. There's, a, if you operate as a group, there's always someone that takes a lead at some point in time. Just depends on their skill set um, and what the goal is that they're trying to accomplish. Um, so I, I can say yes as a as a central, you know, decision maker uh, that leads it. 100%. Uh, it could work, but generally you still would have within that team uh, somebody that leads. A big example of leadership not being accepted would probably be the American Revolution um, because we, the American people at the time decided that the leadership of the European monarchs was no longer the leadership that they felt was best for them and they started to disagree and reject their leadership and in this case it was to the point of uh, of a war and in in some cases um, rejecting leadership is is somewhat the right thing to do because in with the American Revolution, for instance, the people didn't have a say, and with the way it was at the time, and the way that um, you know Britain was con- was treating them, they weren't allowing them to gain a say. They weren't. They didn't let themselves be swayed by what they thought the people wanted in order to be like okay well y'all want this let's see what i can help you with you know let's see if we can Mm -hmm. incorporate some of your ideas that you like and instead they didn't do any of that which then caused like i said a war and um it's not something that's always it's not something that's always beneficial like Sometimes it might have been better for you to stay under that leader because that leader may have had your best interest at heart. For instance, with the Lord of the Flies, um, you know, Ralph, 
his only interest is to survive long enough to get off the island. But some of the other boys are more interested in having fun and doing what they want to do. And they don't feel like the structure is needed. So they break off and make their own group when that's, that may not have been the best, that wasn't the best thing for them to do with their situation. But, I mean, in Lord of the Flies, inevitably, them breaking off was part of the reason why they got saved in the end. Um, but the Ralph's focus was the better focus for the group. And when they broke off, you saw a lot of um, a lot of carnage and destruction to the island they were on, and you know, people died, and that was not the best thing that could have happened in that situation, and it could have been easily avoided. And like the interview said, when a person is trying to reject their leadership a lot of times there's not really a place for them in the society that they're under you know in their the organism of this um class let's say like if you're in a company if you're rejecting your if you're rejecting the leadership of your boss you're going to get fired mm-hmm. if you're if you're in politics and you're rejecting maybe the leadership of the president or what have you you will eventually no longer have your seat you know or you may get fired you'll lose your job in some cases it's not always the best thing for you to get fired because your job may be important or whatever but if you stay in society but you're constantly opposing the leader it's not going to help Um, It's not going to help progress what you're doing, be that in a company and your, you know, your thing is you need to make money. If you're rejecting everything that the higher ups are saying and you don't want to do it and you're not putting enough of your work into it, they still have their agenda that they're trying to work for or and you're hindering that. So you'll get cut. And in in politics, if you're hindering maybe like if you're hindering the president from being able to do something as a staff member not necessarily as a senator or you know a member of uh the legislative branch because he doesn't have the power to fire you but if you're a member of his staff you he technically would have the ability to fire you because you're hindering his plan is that always the best course of action to go under as a leader no but in that situation you are being like I said you're being more of a hindrance than you're helping and if you're trying and if for any leader trying to be successful they need to essentially cut their losses and if there's something trying to get in their way they have to do what it takes to make it right and that goes back to accountability because if you take fault if if something goes wrong and this one person them hindering the leader it's their fault the leader to the public has to say that hey we messed up i did it it's my fault but collectively it was also all of our faults but i'll i'll you know i will be the face of the person who takes the responsibility for it but then that person still needs to be dealt with 
because regardless of the agenda they were trying to push, be it good or bad within their the organism of their society or company or what have you, if there was something stopping it, they had to get rid of it and they still have to deal with that within themselves. Plausible deniability in leadership is something that you don't always hear about outright, but we have a general concept of. But people don't really know what plausible plausible deniability actually is. Plausible deniability is for a leader to say that they are not responsible for something that happened because they had no information of this thing happening or that it was going on. For instance, um, if you're at a school and there is a whole lot of bullying going on, the principal of the school can't say that they know, They the principal of the school cannot take responsibility for this one student getting bullied if they did not know that this one student was getting bullied. If their teachers knew, their teachers could not be held accountable because if they didn't know, there's nothing they could have done. So that's what plausible deniability says. That because you did not know this was going on, you cannot be held accountable and because it was not your responsibility. To bring us to our last point of our podcast, I would like to give you the last part of my dad's interview where he talks about plausible deniability. Do you believe that there's a balance between plausible deniability and implausible deniability in leadership? No. I mean, I've never been in leadership, but I mean, you know, what do you de- what is the term as plausible deni- I mean, and and then implausible. It's either you. Uh, it, it's 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 either you know what's going on or you don't. You know, and generally, I find it hard to believe that anybody in power, uh, does in any position, from a bank president to uh, the President of the United States or Governor of a state or anybody would not necessarily know what's going on within their, uh, uh, the scope of their power, you know, because they're, they're the ultimate decision maker. Uh, so uh, I don't see that, you know, there should be any deniability in, in, in there at all, you know. Uh, now, yeah, I, I just don't see it because they make all the decisions. You know, they're the, the bottom line decision maker. So I wanted to 
talk about and we can just go back and forth with this it's like i wanted to talk about how plausible deniability is seen from the perspective of the leader like what what kind of what kind of thoughts would the leader be having to be in a position where it could be labeled as plausible deniability the only time not that this is always great happens in every situation but usually the only times a leader decides they want to wipe their hands clean of something is when it's something if something good happens i i I like to example if something good happens the ceo is going to be like yes this was my idea but if something bad happens he'll be like i didn't know this was going on in one of my stores we will handle it you know those kinds of things Uh so it's usually only happens in my mind in situations where something bad went on or something that could get them into hot water yeah i i agree with that i think that a lot of times when leaders really try to wipe their slate clean to usually cover up for some sort of mishap or mistake that they don't want to be seen as and sometimes the leaders this can actually harm some of the people under the leader because sometimes the leader's implausible deniability will blame somebody else and that person could take the fall for their mistakes so I think that plausible deniability is also a powerful it's a powerful situation because the power is in the hands of the leader so I think that's important Um, I also wanted to go back and forth about how plausible deniability is seen from the perspective of the follower well it it really just depends on how much you like the leader it's more of a personal thing i would think because if you personally have uh like a blind dedication to this person like you're like you have this religious type faith in this leader then you're going to be blindsided and they're going you're going to say well if they say they didn't know about it they didn't know about it when you know, a lot of times, I'm sure, plausible deniability is just used so that the leader can look good, but the leader still may have known about the thing beforehand. You know, like, if you knew something was going on in your company, as long as you don't have any written proof that you knew about it, you can wipe your hands clean of it and say that you had plausible deniability. You know, that you didn't know, so it didn't happen. But So from a more critical perspective, a person would be a little questioning of it and being like, okay, they say they didn't know about it, but are we certain they didn't, you know? Mm. I think um, when we talk about it from the leader or from the perspective of the follower, um, it can really sometimes come off as sort of dishonorable because... It, it's a, it plays a big part in what we talked about yesterday with ownership. And I feel like when you have sometimes a leader who won't own up to his own mistakes, some people can see that as being really 
it's really is it's, some people see that as a trait that not a lot of people would like to follow you know if a leader can't handle his own mistakes and he can't own up for it and take responsibility for it take ownership for it what does that really say about the leader it says that he's he or she is not really fit to lead in my opinion because if you can't own up for your own mistakes well you know it's you if you can't own up to your own mistakes it's it's really a, an accountability thing because if you can't do it once when are you ever going to do it yeah but what plausible deniability says essentially that um this isn't you know this was not my fault this was not my issue because i didn't know it was happening which is which is why it's not perfect mind you you know it's it's never anything perfect but it can that's why it's used to get people out of hot water and you know as you know the public or an outsider you you know you're like i said you're going to be a skeptic to a degree of it because did they actually not know or did just saying they didn't know and like you said with accountability even if you didn't know you have to take it like it's yours you know like it was your responsibility and say even if you're not saying that you particularly messed up you have to say that we messed up and you know to say that is it that takes you know a good amount of responsibility and which would show like you said good leadership and would make someone want to follow them mhm yeah so i think that really possible deniability is sort of it's sort of a mixed topic but i think that's it yeah i think do you think we could get rid of plausible deniability in leadership and for things to still be okay um i think so i think we should get rid of i think i don't know, I don't know if necessarily we should but i think we could because this way it would really make hold the leaders way more accountable because if they can't really sort of brush off their own mistakes they really have to be keen and not to make those mistakes you know and that goes with hiring the best people to do their jobs making the right decisions all the time so i think that we definitely could but i don't know if we necessarily should Yeah, I I I like you said it would make them more attentive of the things going on like they would they would definitely be into every single part of their work of what all of their subordinates do. They would be checking it, you know, pretty frequently to make sure that there's no mistake that would shock them, you know, assuming that this leader still wants to be a person that would be able to wipe their hands clean if anything wrong happens they would then have to know everything that's going on within every aspect which is to be fair depending on how large you know what you're leading is could be difficult and sometimes in sometimes impossible to be in every aspect but they would have to show that they could be in enough aspects that the major things that people would have something to say about, you know, that the people that if something went wrong with this thing, 
everyone's going to know about it. You're going to have to talk about it. You can't sweep this one under the rug. Those things you'd have to be very, very attentive to as you lead during, while, you know, during the process of working on these things. Mm Mm-hmm. As we wrap up the topic about leadership and what it means to be accountable, we are now given a new perspective on what it really means to be a good leader. And the next time you are in a position to choose a leader, you should really look out for some of these qualities that we've mentioned in this podcast. Because with responsibility being so important to good leadership, the power that you are in in a position becomes so much more effective. Thank you for listening to our podcast on leaders being responsible for their decisions. I'm Nick Hicks, my co- my host. I'm Chavis Taylor. I'm Chavis Taylor. And thank you for listening. <laughs>